1: Hello, and welcome to the High Energy Health Podcast. My name is Amanda Wonderland. I am a clinical EFT and energy psychology practitioner and also a mentor and trainer at EFT Universe. I am guest hosting this fabulous podcast for Dr. Dawson Church, and I am so excited to have a wonderful conversation today with Vasavi Kumar. Hi, Vasavi. Welcome. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to be here. Absolutely. So excited to talk about your book. I've really, really been enjoying reading it. So let me, yeah, let me just, we're holding up this beautiful book and I am going to introduce you guys to Vasavi in case you aren't familiar with what an amazing human being she is. So here's a little intro. She is a life coach and licensed therapist with a myriad of in-person, print, televised, and social media experience. A first-generation Indian American growing up on Long Island and diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 19, she learned to become extremely self-aware and take action to create the life she wanted for herself. She is a rising wellness star, and she recently released her book called Say It Out Loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams, which is speaking my language, woman. We are definitely on the same page when it comes to this courageous liberation that comes from using your voice and really tapping into your authentic self. So happy to have you here. Thank you for writing Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So after years of trying journaling, because she'd heard it was a great way to learn about herself, change bad habits, and set and meet goals, the Savi Vasavi found that it wasn't working for her. So what did was talking to herself aloud and with the compassion of a best friend. She also learned that all the outside expert guidance in the world was no substitute for finding ways of tuning into her truest inner self, hearing herself's guidance and wisdom, and then living it with courage and empathy. So I'd really love to start this conversation just by letting our audience know why it's so important to talk to yourself out loud and why you think it's more effective than journaling or writing it down, writing down your thoughts. Well, I can only say
0: for myself that when I have a ton of stuff inside my head, just clamoring around, I don't make good decisions at all. I make decisions in panic mode with very frenetic energy. And I don't like to live that way. I grew up in a house with a lot of frenetic energy. So I don't like that for myself. And so I talk to myself out loud and I say what I'm thinking or feeling, even if it's as simple as making a grocery list out loud, because it helps me remember things. But I would rather, you know, maybe be perceived as weird. I mean, I'm not going to be in the middle of Target and be like, like, do I want a medium or do I want a large? Not what I'm saying, people like, (laughs) let's use discernment, you know, like, come on, let's Let's grow up a little bit here. You know, I'm not saying to scream in the middle of Target, like I'm upset. Somebody help me. No, this is really an opportunity to regulate our emotions by using the sound of our voice, the tone of our voice. Talking out loud also helps with organizing. Even when organizing lists, think about if you have to run in in and out of Target and you have seven things. It's a weird number. But instead of writing it down, you're like, okay, I got to get milk, detergent. Like you have to say it out loud. It actually helps you remember. This is a part of child psychology and development as well. Children process out loud as a form, as a function so that they can process things. That's, that's how they remember things when it comes to like tying their shoelaces or even if it's multiplication tables. Um, hearing ourselves helps embed it in us. It's almost like muscle memory. You know, that's why affirmations work. That's what I tell myself all the time, how intelligent I am, you know, because that's not something I always thought I would say, Vasavi, you're so intelligent. And then when I say that out loud, I hear it. So now it doesn't become weird for me. It's not unfamiliar for me to feel that way about myself now. It's a great way to raise your self-esteem, your confidence. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you're used to it now. It's become a part of who you are and how you live. What about for people who aren't used to it, who aren't necessarily going to walk into Target and speak out loud, but who might even feel weird speaking to themselves in the privacy of their own home or in the privacy of their car? How can you advise people to start feeling comfortable hearing their own voice and talking to themselves? And how can they incorporate this into their lives like you've done it?
0: Well, if you think about it, right, if you're a journaler, you're putting your thoughts to paper, here you're just put, giving a voice to your thoughts. Think of it as verbal journaling. The issue isn't how do I begin? I'm gonna look crazy. The issue is the perspective is what needs to shift, right? It needs to be less about, oh, I'm doing this thing and it's weird. And it, and it needs to be it just let's use our logic here for a second. When we write stuff down, we're doing it to get it out of our head onto paper. When we say things out loud, especially things that are emotionally very charged, it feels good to just say it sometimes especially when you're pissed off, you know? That's why I have a whole chapter on my book about, you know, talking to your triggers out loud. How many of us, and I share this in the book about emotional perfectionism, how many of us don't allow ourselves to share when we're irritated or when we're annoyed because we think we have to put on a certain front, right? Think, think about the freedom that we would give ourselves even if we didn't say it to the person that we wanted to say it to, but at least we heard ourselves say the word. So we don't feel like we've been taken advantage of whatever the situation is. It's cathartic. It's, it's, it's just like a release, just like we use the bathroom and we need to cry. We need to say things out loud. Yeah. It's that simple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. agreed. And you and I both agree that, you know, the body keeps the score these yes. emotions become stored in our body and that when we release them through words they don't keep stimulating these reactions and perpetuating these stories so tell me more a little bit about how that can be so how it can kind of alchemize your emotions to say them out loud
0: well i'll share right now i had a really good at home massage the other day and she was working on my left side of the body my left side of the body has been giving me well how do i say? i want to say this I don't want to say it's been giving me trouble. I don't want to talk like that about my body. I want to say the left side of my body is and I are working together to get it stronger again. Okay. Okay. We're working in conjunction. And so she was giving me a massage, and we can even do this with ourselves. And I talk about this in my book different self soothing, um, you know, giving yourself a nice oil massage, but touching your body and actually. When you feel something, just like, let it come up. It might come up in the form of words. It might come up in the form of maybe laughter. Maybe you're giggling. Maybe something's tickling, Mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe some anger comes up. Maybe some dark, some dark, heavy feelings for you come up that you've been avoiding. I had this massage the other day and she was massaging just the upper left thigh. And a lot of repressed memories came up for me. And like, and I said it out loud this was the first time working with this massage therapist. And I was telling her things from my past, which I I don't even need to get into now, because the point is here, like you said, the body keeps score. And sometimes it's not about having to be in months and months and years and years of therapy. It can be as simple and as tender as allowing yourself during a massage, uh, you know, a, a self-massage or someone giving you a massage, If you feel something in your body and an emotion comes up, let it out. Don't be that person that's like, oh, can't cry because it's like, no, that's literally you healing. You're healing right now because you're releasing. Mm -hmm. Don't stop yourself. Don't stop those tears. They want, they're like, let gravity do its job, you know? So, I mean, just think about how many different portals and ways we have to heal ourselves. The voice is one of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. You and I both do uh, a lot of inner child work, a lot of shadow and parts work, internal family systems. So I'm super somatic in my modality. And so I'm at a workshop with Dawson Church right now, actually, and we were just talking about the power of a butterfly hug for yourself, just wrapping your arms around yourself, rubbing your face. I love speaking to my sweet little inner child, yes. my little Amanda Bass. That was my nickname growing up. And just with that nurturing tone, especially when I mess up or I fall on my face or I do something that might I may have found in the past to be really embarrassing. I got you, baby girl. You're doing a great job. Uh, I love you so much. You know,
0: You know what? I gave myself a butterfly hug the other day because I felt so indecisive about something. Have you ever been like really indecisive. It was like the week after my period, I'm still a little bit foggy. And like, what the hell did I just go through? I could not decide. I'm not kidding. Couldn't decide if I wanted to do 10,000 steps walking, or if I wanted to go to the gym, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just feeling very brain foggy. And I just stopped. And I went, I hugged myself and I go, boss, relax. We don't need to make any decisions right now. And I said, what would feel good? And I just heard sunshine. Yes. So we just, and then I went outside, started walking. And then I had another voice in my head that was like, you shouldn't be at the gym right now. You (laughs) shouldn't be lifting weights. And I said, no, I shouldn't be. This is exactly, come on, let's just enjoy this. Trying to get that part on board. It's all right. Let's just have fun, bask in the sun. We are so funny, us human beings. We have so many comical, dramatic, theatrical parts. And I think we can learn to have fun and speak to these parts of ourselves. And by the way, this doesn't give the right for anyone else to make fun of you. Or this is your relationship with you. Like the way I speak to myself is so personal, right? it's filled with respect. And that's what I want my reader to know is you set the tone and standard by which you want to be treated, how you want to be treated.
1: And you do that starting with how you speak to yourself. Yeah. So, speaking of tone, let's talk about the importance of tone and how to really get that observer perspective so that you can start interrupting your thoughts, interrupting those voices in your head, and replacing them with a softer, more nurturing, more regulated tone, and also changing the words that you say to yourself so that you can really tune into your deep inner self and voice.
0: Yeah, this is where you get to play with your voice. So, it might feel weird at first, right? So, here's the thing I had a father who was so sweet he still is the sweetest man very very sweet I keep a photo of him at all times okay and my mother was quite harsh and I say that in the book which is fine but knowing this I have like two frame of reference points right it's I have a harsh voice and I have a very coddly coddling patronizing voice which is my dad which is fine but we wanna learn how to work with ourselves, find a way to work with ourselves. So that's actually gonna make get the job done. Harsh voice does not work with me. A patronizing, coddling type of-esque voice does not work with me. So we get to play with the tone of our voice. We get to play with how we speak to ourselves. Let me tell you, the first time I was really sweet with myself, like super soft, I felt so weird. I <laughs> felt like, it felt unnatural to me. But, I, but you know, because I do this work every single day, talking to myself, I will tell you that it no longer feels weird to be that kind to myself. And I realized the reason why it felt so weird to be kind to myself. And I want all your listeners to know this is, you know, if you haven't been very nice to yourself pretty much your whole life, you know, let's just say teenage years onwards, right? That's when it starts 13, 14. Yeah. We become so disembodied. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to try to be nice to yourself. And there's going to be parts of you that are pretty skeptical. Like, what's your agenda? Why are you being nice to me? If someone (laughs) Yeah. If someone betrayed you and then all of a sudden, you know, they come around acting sweet, you're not going to believe them. So Mm -hmm. reparation with ourselves takes time.
1: What does that look like? How would you even begin to repair the damage caused in your teenage years and the rest of your life up until now?
0: You know, one of the things that I've been doing is talking to that part of myself who's like, she's 13, 14, 15, 16. And I've been really asking her, what she needs from me in this season, you know, like, and almost, there's almost like she doesn't want to die. She like that younger part doesn't want to die as I get older. I feel so integrated. But then there's still those these little pieces that are like, but wait, what about me? And so really gearing that part of myself out has been really helpful. And I realize what what it's holding on to. I I mean, that's the conversation between me and me, right? Right. I can tell what that part of me has been holding on to. So I do believe we can Begin to repair with ourselves by asking ourselves what we actually need to be. I mean, we have the answer within us. What you need to repair trust would look very different than what I needed to repair trust. Right. But I'll tell you this, it definitely boils down to consistency for me in some shape or form, being consistent with yourself and how you speak to yourself. And even if you have a crappy day and you're mean to yourself, at least you consistently apologize to yourself, say sorry to yourself too, Right. you know?
1: Yeah. And I love that about your book, that you give daily practices and action steps that people can take in order to really build this practice and for it to become part of their habitual daily lives. Another thing that I really love is teaching people how to differentiate the voices in their head, that this was actually my mother's voice. This was my father's voice. This was my sibling's voice. This is my wounded inner child's voice. So how do you recommend people really go about that? First of all, when they first start listening and differentiating the voices in their head, how do you encourage them to engage in conversation with those voices?
0: I love this question. I I love that we're even having this conversation. Well, the first thing is just to recognize, like, it's not you. There are many different yous inside of you. So I say this in the book to name your parts. So I have a vulnerable Vasavi. I have a vindictive Vasavi. I have a vicious Vasavi. (laughs) I have the voice that I know is just my, just my, it's my mom. It's not me. Like I know, and I say this in the book, that you got to know where they end and where you begin, where anyone ends and you begin. And that's why it's really helpful to name your parts, because if you know that that's a part of you and you know it's not all of you, you can start to do that too in your relationships. Because you'll know like, oh, well, if I have parts of me, then this person, just because they're saying something and they're feeling some sort of way, doesn't mean I have to absorb their feelings. That's their experience. Let them have their, they're having their moment here. So this is really good for all my people out there who've struggled with codependency in the past as well. Name your parts and knowing where other people end and where you begin. So you can really learn to feel your feelings and not just absorb and feel the feelings of others.
1: Yeah, I remember reading Gaber Mate's The Myth of Normal, and he talks about the five personality traits of people with autoimmune disease. And the first one is an obsessive concern with the emotional needs of other people. And another is a sense of responsibility for the emotional needs of other people. Then there's like a rigid adherence to role and responsibility, a fear of disappointing other people, and a suppression of healthy emotion, especially when it comes to anger. So these are the five personality traits that he has seen across all the people that he's worked with, with autoimmune disease. So I really love encouraging this healthy emotional responsibility that was theirs. This is mine. And I also really love that you talk about self-suppression. Because we know when you suppress yourself, when you suppress your needs, when you suppress your emotions, when you suppress your requests for help and for guidance, when you feel like you have to bear the weight of this world all on your own, it can lead to really serious issues in your body and your emotions. And so I'd love for you to talk about how we can break this cycle of self-suppression. And especially when it comes to women in our society who aren't able to say no when asked, you know, of certain things, and who aren't able to speak their needs to others. So, tell the listeners a bit about how you address this in the book.
0: And also, sorry that I'm a, I'm a little tired. I don't know what just happened the, the, the tiredness just washed over me. I was gonna, you know, the thing that women can do to stop the cycle of self suppression is to get into community. I can't mm-hmm. say enough. There, there's not much more than that women need to do. We've been doing enough. I actually think we need to do less and have more fun <laughs> yes. if you want to know the truth. In fact, I get irritated yeah. the more stuff I have on my calendar. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. But in all seriousness, I think it's important that women convene, you know, convene and, and find circles with other women to be able to talk about the things that they're going through in private, in confidence. You know, when I went through rehab, not once, but twice, I would say the thing that really saved me were all my group therapies. You know, I did intensive outpatient and all that stuff and going in a group, my God, three, four days a week. It was so helpful. I enjoyed it because I knew I wasn't alone. When you don't feel alone, your shame doesn't live. And shame is the root cause of addiction, you know? So for me, I think any type of addiction. So I think it's, that's the first thing women can do to stop the cycle of self-suppression is first have a place that they can go to where they're able to express themselves. And what better place to do that than with other women? Like, I don't know what I, I don't have a ton of friends, but the, like on purpose, I don't have a ton of friends. I have maybe Mm -hmm. three friends. But the friends that I do have, I deeply, deeply trust. And, you know, not everyone deserves your vulnerability. Not everyone deserves you to open up to them. They're not, they didn't ask for it. They might not be ready for it. And why are you telling them, you know? So I think it's really a lot of people overshare, and you can tell that they're hungry for somebody to just listen. I think it's really important that you cultivate one to two really good friends.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's quality over quantity, certainly at at a good point. And I like to surround myself with women that expand my sense of what's possible and that also show me are examples that inspire me of how to set my boundaries and say no when I'm overworked and, and ask for help when I need help and be able to speak my needs and say, I need you to sit down and just listen to me. I need you to not yeah. give me any advice. I need you to just hold neutral space and tell me that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? like that's what I need for my friends. Sometimes being able to communicate that to them is such a gift. And I'm going to come back in just a moment. We're going to talk a bit more about how you encourage all of us to be able to say it out loud and speak our needs in that way. We are speaking with Vasavi Kumar. We are going to take a short break, stay tuned, and we will be right back for this great conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. You are with Amanda Wonderland and Vasavi Kumar, who wrote the book, Say it out loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. So, Vasavi speaks about why it is so important to speak out loud to yourself. As someone who journaled in the past and found that it didn't really work out for her, it's basically journaling out loud, learning to make friends with your voice, learning to talk to your triggers, how to tackle your toxic thoughts, and to say it out loud and really release them from your body and find the power of tuning into your deeper self and courageously pursuing your dreams. So we were just talking about how women can really provide support to one another in a community setting and having these quality relationships. And so I'd really love to move from there to talking about the stories that we create in our head. And I love that you give these daily practices. And one of these questions that we ask as we really begin to tune into our thoughts and the stories that come up is, is it getting me closer to the truth of who I am? Is this story that I've been telling myself for so long, actually hindering me or helping me tap into my true authentic self? So let's talk a little bit more about how we get stuck in our stories sometimes.
0: Well, the first thing is we have to know when we're in a story, right? When you're in a story, it doesn't feel good. It feels like, huh? Why do I feel like I've been here before? It's one of those things, you know? And so you have to first even realize that you're in the story. So that's number one. And then ask yourself, is the story getting me closer to the truth of who I am? I fundamentally believe that every single one of us has the power and the ability to create the person that we want to become. And I also think that at some point in our life, we've envisioned that version of who we could be, who could, like, what would our best look like? And so I think we do have an opportunity to anchor back within the, the truth within ourselves and use our voice to ask ourselves certain questions so that we can start bringing that future self that we're looking to become into our everyday current life.
1: Yeah. What kind of questions? What kind of questions did you ask yourself to dismantle your stories?
0: Is a story true? And who would I be without the story is I think the one that has always helped me the most because it's like sometimes when you can't see yourself clearly you can see yourself in the absence of the things that you're going through so i'd ask myself like who would you be without this story right how would i feel without this story and i think that that's really important because usually the way that you feel about yourself is and the story that you have is tied to a feeling and, mm-hmm. if, you're, and if oh man i have felt this before and so it's almost like we've built a tolerance for a certain feeling which is related yeah. to the story even though the story is painful but it's familiar and that's right. what we have to remember I think the thing that I want everyone listening to hear is that there's nothing wrong with you. I think especially for women who may have stayed in abusive relationships and thought that something was wrong with them. And it's like, no, this is just familiar to you. It's become mm-hmm. familiar. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not this person who, you know, it, I feel like it's a less about self-hatred and it's more about we've become so familiar with the abuse. But that also involves how we treat ourselves. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important that when we're even doing this work, whether it's asking ourselves about stories that we tell ourselves or noticing when we're stuck in a story, even the way that we go about these exercises in the book, even the way that you go about talking to yourself has to be one of kindness. And what I say in the book is compassionate curiosity. You have to be compassionate and curious with yourself, like genuinely want to find out why you are the way you are like, wow. And, and, why you do things the way you do, like when you quiet all the noise, it's a lot easier for you to hear yourself and feel yourself and make decisions from you rather than springing from anywhere else or anyone else, you know?
1: Yeah. Good point. And I think in order to move from the self-hatred into the self-compassion, it's really, really helpful to get in touch with that inner child because the way that we talk to ourselves, we would never ever talk to a five-year-old. So really tuning in and seeing that our inner child has these unmet needs and asking, what do you need right now? Do you simply need a hug? Do you simply need a rest? Do you need to go play? Do you need to drop everything and just completely be irresponsible and go just have the time of your life right now? And that I think enables us to stop speaking so hatefully to ourselves and actually approach it with some compassion. So I'm wondering how you first met your inner child and how you started developing compassion for yourself.
0: I don't know if I ever not met her. I think I've, it's probably the reason why I'm very childlike. I don't think I ever unmet her. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. I, mean, I never lost her. I never missed out. I never disconnected from her. I've always felt very connected to my inner child. It was just she did not feel safe enough. I put her in a lot of dangerous situations. Let me say that first of all. The yeah, the, yeah in my inner child in in a lot of unsafe situations. But she's always been there. I think she's the reason why no matter what I've been through, I've had some form of a fuel to keep going and like. Never give up on myself. It's like I didn't want to give up on this younger part of myself that I knew was always looking up to me. You know, like there's this childlike spirit in me that I just that wasn't ready to die and still isn't. So I, but I think the part of me that I have recently reconnected with is my inner teenager, which I feel like we don't talk a lot about inner teenager. But my inner child and I, my very very young young younger self, she feels very young. This form of my inner child. Then I have my inner teenager, and then my inner like twenty to thirty. Man, she needs a lot of love from me too. So I've been giving her a lot of love, you know, rather than making her feel, I let this go a long time ago, but you know, sometimes I can still shame my 20 year old for stuff that she did back in the college days. I've been giving her just a lot of compassion, like, man. You were really looking for some love, weren't you, girl? You yeah. know, because I was a little promiscuous in college. I mean, I mean, aren't most college girls? Like that? <laughs> you know? So it was like I held on to a lot of shame. And then culturally, you know, we're Indian. So that's even it's even worse. You know, I was I was the brown sheep of the family. <laughs> that's the answer to your question, is that it's never been hard with my inner child. Yeah. It's been harder with these like my inner child that's grown up a little bit like the inner teenager, of mm-hmm. me you know because she yeah. was very rebellious and she it's okay to be a rebellious but when you're rebellious against yourself it doesn't help yeah so that's when it's good to get your inner authority your inner rebel on board with your goals because your inner authority can kind of sabotage your goals, but that's a whole different conversation that has to do with
1: inner teenager. But yeah, that's really beautiful that you've been able to connect with all these different ages. You and I do have a lot in common. There was definitely Mm -hmm. in college. There was definitely the addiction, the rehab, all of that. And I love that you spoke about shame underlying so much of addiction. And we are about to go to another little break, but when we come back, I would love to hear about how you can use your voice to speak out loud to yourself, to really talk to the shame and to start to integrate that back into your whole self and start taking control so that you can reach this courageous liberation through speaking to yourself in these empowering ways that you suggest. So you are listening to the High Energy Health Podcast. We are in conversation with Vasavi Kumar. You can learn more about her at www.vasavikumar.com. It's B-A-S-A-V-I. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, and welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. We are in conversation with Vasavi Kumar, who wrote the book, Say It Out Loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. It is a book that I have really, really enjoyed reading. She talks about how to tackle toxic thoughts by speaking them out loud and implement daily actions that build self-esteem and allow you to walk your talk, which I really, really appreciate the action steps. Sometimes it's really nice to have these abstract theories and figure out why we We are the way we are, but if you can't implement those and put them into action, what's the point? So before we went to break, we were talking about how we both share a history of addiction, history of promiscuity, a history of rebellion, and how underneath a lot of that addiction is shame, this underlying shame. And I know that there are a lot of people in our audience in the world that deal with this feeling of not being good enough, not being enough and just feeling shame for who they are as individuals. So I'd love for you to address some practices that you have in your book and ways that people can deal with their shame by speaking to themselves out loud.
0: The shame that we experience with certain things, it just, it just dissipates when we say it, when we, when we can actually put words to it and we say it, we say it, number one, we say it to someone who will not judge us, shame us. You know, when you're just around someone who you know just will not judge you, like they're just, they have no intention whatsoever of judging you. But if you don't have somebody like that in your life, then you get to be that person for yourself. And what a gift is that? What a gift that is. So I think when you allow yourself to say it, you're releasing these emotions. You're putting words to these memories or to these feelings or to these things that have happened in your life that you've attached shame to. And so by saying it out loud, it no longer is just stored inside of you. You've let it out. You've let it out and you've witnessed yourself and you've heard yourself.
1: Yeah. So you spoke earlier about quieting the noise. Once you quiet the noise, you can really tap into your inner voice and, and your authentic self and who you are. What about people that live in the noise so much, they completely identify it, and they're not able identify with it. And they're not able to hear the noise for what it is. It's just a part of who they are. How do you encourage people to get this observer perspective and start actually listening to the voices instead of it just being part of who they are?
0: Well, to be really honest, if someone has a lot of noise, then even if I were to give them some advice, it's not like they would necessarily hear me. I prefer to you know, say what I'm going to say to people who are at least open to it, because if someone is living with noise, it's a choice to live with that kind of noise. Maybe they might be able to hear a few words of wisdom, but if it's really that noisy out there, they'll probably up there, then they probably won't hear the message. It's not really until something wakes us up and kicks us in our ass that we realize, man, I got to really stop the noise. It's become so noisy. My life is burning in front of my eyes. I could give some advice that say, you know, I really want you to pay attention and observe. But if you're in the noise, you're in the noise right now and nothing I say will get to you. So I don't really know if someone like that would be listening to this podcast, but if they are and this is waking them up, then yes, if you if it's gotten to the point where your life just feels like it's on repeat or it's just kind of robotic and, you know, it feels very mechanical for you, then maybe it's time to slow down. I mean, everything in life is better when it's slowed down. Yeah, you just have to slow down. Why is it so noisy? Life is so simple. Yeah. We create, we just, all we're doing is just creating what we're familiar. So if it's chaos that we're familiar with, we're going to keep creating chaos. Mm -hmm. If it's betrayal and rejection that we fear or that we're used to, we're just going to keep creating more of that. And it's just that this is where we get to transform our stories out loud and look at ourselves and really ask ourselves, is this how I want to keep living?
1: Yeah. Good point. And for people that do actually want to change, but they keep coming up against this inner resistance that you say in your book, it's it tells you that you failed before you even start. So I know there are a lot of people who just buy book after book, join program after program, attend workshop after workshop, just really trying to change who they are. But again, time and time again, they come up against this resistance. Let's talk about how you address that in your book.
0: Well, the way I feel about resistance is it's just that stubborn part of us. It's scared also. It just doesn't want to get started. It's just like, uh, I don't want to do this. That's the voice that I think of. Like, that's how my resistant voice sounds. Like, I don't want to, you (laughs) know, it's very like, I don't want to. And yeah, a lot of times I let that voice win. But what I talk about in my book is called gentle firmness, sorry, gentle determination, which is you can be kind and understand why you're being resistant, but also be determined to keep moving forward. Right. So of course, I don't always want to go to the gym. I don't always want to walk my 10,000 steps. I don't want to do any of it. Like I'm a Taurus. If I could, I would just hang out on my couch and just enjoy my life. Like just hang out, you know, but Mm -hmm. when I want to talk to my resistance, it's very, it's not stern. It's determined. It's just like, come on, boss, let's go. But it's Mm -hmm. also gentle because you have to build that respect with yourself. So Here's the thing I, whenever people say to me, like about themselves, oh, I resist authority. I'm like, okay, great. But that resistance that you have to authority is now sabotaging you Yeah. because you're yeah. resisting authority. Fine. If you don't want to listen to your parents, you don't want to listen to your culture. You don't want to listen to your elders. That's fine. But make sure that that part of you that resists others, is not now resisting you because you're trying to take charge of your life? So right. be mindful of that, you know? So with resistance, you know, the resistance that we have can really keep us from the things that are meant for us. in in this lifetime, but if you have resistance and you don't know how to talk to it or navigate it, you know, you'll be on your deathbed wishing that you would have just given yourself a shot and not been so stubborn with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just think about if you were coaching a bunch of kids or, or, you know, unruly teenagers, how would you speak to them? You know, you'd want to treat them with respect, but you'd want them to know that you're on their side and you want them to know that you want them to win you're not going to downgrade them you're not going to shame them you're going to you know you're going to pump them up a little bit and let them know that they're necessary so with resistance you can't get mad at, there's no point in getting like mad at yourself like anger is great to a point i i think it's okay to get angry with yourself if you know that you can do better and you want to be able to be better and do better, or you've betrayed yourself of you, or you didn't listen to your intuition. It's okay to get angry at yourself. Next time you'll do better. Right. Maybe that anger, maybe you being angry is you knowing that you crossed a line with yourself. But when you're dealing with resistance, you want to really just be able to, the, the point is to get the job done. So find a way to speak to yourself to get the job done.
1: Yeah. You spoke about sometimes you have to just get that kick in the ass. Sometimes you have to just fall on your face before you can get the job done and make yourself push past the resistance. So I'd love If you could share a little bit more about your journey, what kicked you in the ass finally that made you kind of shape up and start speaking to yourself in a different way?
0: I mean, it's, it's been a work in progress. I would say writing this book has definitely been the the biggest thing for me because actually practicing what I preach. I mean, I definitely talk to myself out loud and answer back. And like that obviously is a given. I don't think someone could just write a book about talking to the voices in their head. Kind of weird if they were able to without, but for me, it really was like, how can I be even kinder to myself? That was really a result of writing the book.
1: Yeah. So just putting into practice what you'd been learning about and And yeah, walk, walk in the talk, talk in the walk, walk in the talk. That's right. Walk in the (laughs) talk. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, we are about to go to another break. This is Amanda Wonderland with the High Energy Health Podcast. And we are in conversation with Vasavi Kumar, who wrote the book, Say It Out Loud Using the Power of Your Voice to Listen to Your Deepest Thoughts and Courageously Pursue Your Dreams. You can find out more about Vasavi at her website, which is vasavikumar.com. That's V A -S S A V I. Stay tuned. We will be back for our final segment of today's podcast. Welcome back to the High Energy Health Podcast. This is Amanda Wonderland, and we are having a wonderful conversation with Vasavi Kumar, who wrote the book, Say It Out Loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. You can learn more about Vasavi at her website, which is dot rcom Also, I highly recommend that you buy this beautiful book. It is so full of wonderful information to help you really tune in to your inner self and also So awesome daily practices, affirmations that you can say to yourself in the mirror, in the car, anytime that you really need a boost, anytime that you need to stop your toxic thoughts, talk to your triggers. There's really, really wonderful action steps in here. So you guys can find this book, Barnes and Noble, Target, Amazon. It's also on Audible. Vasavi uh, narrated it herself on Audible. So you can listen to her nice, milky, rich voice if you want, as she reads the book. And speaking of that beautiful voice of yours, I know, that you also use it to do some voiceover work. So what kind of work do you like doing with that voice?
0: So I am really loving, like, I want to do commercials. I want to do like car dealerships. Mm-hmm. I want to do whatever, you know, stuff that you hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. I like doing spas. So if, you, if I tell you my ideal thing, it would be like spas. I want to yeah. do like voiceover work for spas because I can, when I really want to be really, really, really just melodious and calm. But, you know, that that's like different, but I can play with my voice. I have fun doing that. Yeah. I love doing a little bit of animation and I love doing audiobooks because it's just a long form project and I can just go to the studio
1: and just do it. You know, it's yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what I have going on right now.
1: I can hear you doing animation. I can hear you doing like a Daria. I can hear your inner teenager yeah, oh coming god. out and like Daria! having a oh Love Daria. Oh my you god. You could definitely yeah. wear the sass really well with that voice. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you also still see clients every now and then, right? You're a life coach and licensed therapist.
0: Yeah. So basically, I actually stopped calling myself a life coach and a licensed therapist. I really enjoyed more the self being of of voice trainer and a self-expression trainer, because that's really the direction that I'm heading in. It's yeah. not really so much about the therapy and the a lot of the work that I teach in my book. This is different. It's more about, okay, so you want to take your voice and you want to be a podcaster. You want to be a host. You want to be a speaker. You want to put yourself out there. We need to start grooming your voice. So that's what I do now. I I have groomed people's voices and how they show up and how they deliver an interview, how they deliver a keynote. I'm very good at it, helping people write their keynotes and just really helping people organize their thoughts and deliver it with gusto and with personality. Because if it's not with personality, then it's boring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's like 80% entertainment, 20% information, right? If you, if they're falling asleep, it doesn't matter what you have to say. So is that what you do in your bold voice training program? Is that what people can sign up with you to? Yeah. My bold voice training program. Yes. It's a six month program.
0: It's a group program, but everyone gets one-on-one attention within the program because I capped my group at about 15, I believe. So we still have a few spots left and you can go to vasavikumar.com forward slash bold voice. And this is working with me directly. So we're an early bird right now. And we have early bird until now, until August 15th or so. If you're listening to this past August 15th, just feel free to DM me or email me and we'll try to get you hooked up with the early bird pricing.
1: Cool. So what can people look forward to learning in that six month program? And are there like group calls where they can have accountability with you and speak to other people as well? Yeah. So we have
0: two calls a month, two to three calls a month, and you'll be, you'll be doing a lot more than you'll be listening. So there'll be a lot of practice exercises at home exercises, breakout sessions on the group calls, It's really more about you speaking and talking yourself because in a program called bold voice, it's not me talking, it's you talking. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I've combined my, you know, I've combined therapy. I've combined my background in therapy and acting and voiceover and just my life experience to come up with really fun, customized exercises. Just help support your bold energy, your bold personality, your bold presence, your bold expression, your bold storytelling, your bold expansion. It's really helping you overall be the badass that you know that you are.
1: I love it. That's amazing. Give everybody your social media contacts. What, how can they find you on Instagram and Facebook and all of that fun stuff?
0: You can find me on Instagram at my name is Vasavi is my handle. My name is Vasavi and my website is VasaviKumar.com.
1: Whoa. So I know that we both share this wonderful hometown, which has a very strict admission policy to get into our weird little town of Austin, Texas. Yeah. yeah. So just tell me your three favorite things about living in this gorgeous city of ours. I do love
0: the winter. It's like, it, it, it's much needed. It goes from being really hot. And like, we do have, even though it's not like a Northeast winter, which I love because I'm from Long Island originally, you know, mm-hmm. it still tries to be cold here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, The second thing, I love the plethora of taco places. (laughs) <laughs> and coffee places 100 percent. you can never go hungry here and the third thing I love is that it feels finally like a city like it's not it's from people from all over you can see that it's not just like Austinites here there are people from all over here and it's nice
1: yeah I love that we still maintain that small town feel though like you yeah. can still talk to people in the line at the grocery store even though we we have traffic I put that in air quotes um, Because anyone who's ever been to New York or L.A. knows that Austin has no traffic whatsoever. This is
0: nothing compared to New York and Oregon. No. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. No, it's such a sweet little town, though, and I absolutely love it. So you guys, this Say It Out Loud book that you can find on Audible and Amazon um, really helps you find these wonderful ways to tune into your truest inner self, which is everybody's goal at this point. We're all just trying to get back to our authentic self, to quiet the noise, to slow things down, to take personal responsibility for who it is that we are and how we show up in our lives and to let everyone else have their voices back, to let all of our leaders, all of our parents, all of our siblings, all of our caregivers who told us, who we could be and how we could show up in this world to give that back to them so we can get back to our authentic self. And then really to hear your guidance and wisdom, which I love. She really teaches you how to do that, that underneath all of this noise, underneath all of these voices is your true self. And then how to live that with courage and empathy. So really take to heart these wonderful practices that are in this book, these wonderful affirmations. I'll probably just share a little bit, a few of them in our final moments together. Some questions that you can ask yourself. Basically, how is this? This is my favorite one. Is it getting me closer to the truth of who I am? And then really learning to live your life out loud and let that be the embodiment of devotion to all the parts to you. Some of the best affirmations are, I am worthy of an extraordinary life filled with fun, play, and ease. Those are some of my favorite affirmations right now. This gets to be fun, and easy because so many of life with just, just those bullhorns thinking we have to just plow through all of the difficulty, but really when we step back, surrender and trust that it's all working out for us, it does get to be fun and easy. So Vasavi, thank you so much for joining me today and letting us know more about yourself and about this wonderful book. It's been a great conversation. Thank
0: you so much for having
1: me. Thank you. You guys can find out more about Vasavi at vasavikumar.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and do your very best to stay actively engaged in being inspired. This is the High Energy Health Podcast. Have a great week.